Is there really no such thing as a private language? The words such as mind and consciousness have no meaning outside of their social use. Unfortunately or fortunately, uh, Wittgenstein's own writings cast doubt on this claim, and many of his conclusions contradict and refute portions of his claim. An example of words that Wittgenstein himself contemplates as presenting a problem to his thesis is the illustration called Duck Rabbit that I've placed on the webpage on the uh, philosophy of language portion of Sam Pebble's podcast. Duck Rabbit is an ambiguous image that can be seen as either a duck or a rabbit, but not both. When one looks at the Duck Rabbit illustration on the webpage, since most people who see it have seen both rabbits and ducks in their lives, most people will see a rabbit and then a duck, but never both at, at the same time. If one has never seen a rabbit but only a duck, one would, rep would report it as a duck or vice versa. If you've never seen a duck but only a rabbit, you would call it a rabbit. If one has never seen either a rabbit or a duck, one would have to create some word for it, but neither of the words would be rabbit or duck. However, in any of these cases, the external world of the illustration, including its use and public social interaction, stays the same. The only thing changing is the observer and the observer's prior life experience. Is there an internal cognitive change taking place that gives meaning to the words other than their use? Wittgenstein wasn't sure how to explain it, simply denies that it could be the case that the external world stays the same why an internal cognitive change takes place. And he would have to deny such internal cognitive changes or most, if not all, of his theory of language fa fails. Well, not his entire theory, but most of it. He is stuck with saying that there's a difference between see seeing a thing and saying that the thing seems to be something, that these are two different expressions. But what is the difference? Uh, he isn't clear on that. This is a problem we discussed in our truth or illusion episode. What does it mean to say something seems to be? Uh, seems to be like what? Uh, if we know what the thing is, then why does it need to, be, to seem like it and it is not it? How do we know this problem with the duck-rabbit uh, vision is not occurring with all of our observations, light, sound, heat, whatever? Perhaps what we see is not really what we see, but only a shadow of what may be out there created by some internal conscious, consciousness. In which case, how do we avo avoid solipsism? This problem gets worse when we consider words such as this sentence is false, God, or mathematics. Wittgenstein would say that the first two are meaningless statements and that the latter only are language games that are true or false within the game, but otherwise are meaningless. They say nothing about the world. Saying that the paradox, this sentence is false, is meaningless, is simply a way to get around the contradiction in Wittgenstein's own philosophy of language. If the meaning of all language is its use, then what is the meaning of the words of his tractus and the philosophical investigations? Is he just using them to get tenured at, tenure at Oxford? No, he is searching for truth about language that is independent of use and supposedly reach such truth about language. Thus, his own argument leads to contradiction, which disproves his argument that the meaning of all words is their use. In some parts of his writings, he honestly admits this contradiction. Our ability to make and understand statements such as this sentence is false and its mathematical equivalent, Goodell's incompleteness theorem, shows that logic is not the holy grail of truth. No matter how strictly, clearly, 
consistently you apply the rules of any logic to this sentence, to the statement, this sentence is false, you wind up with a contradiction. So logic will always be either incomplete or inconsistent. If we have a logic that is powerful enough to deal with our real-life struggles for survival and for achieving power, that is, that it is complete, it will result in contradictions, will result in situations in which a statement A and not A will be true in all possible worlds. The problem with contradiction is that if a set of rules and meanings lead to contradiction, it means that they are inconsistent and can prove anything, and thus that there is no real difference between truth or false. Furthermore, providing a definition for the word God is also problematic. It is easy to define the word religion, for example, by its use, as Wittgenstein does. Religion can be defined as the observation of how a religious person lives. But the word God, as shown by the ontological proof, cannot be defined simply by its use. It is a word describing why there is something instead of nothing, just like the word I uh, self-consciousness, mind, describing my, my existence, which necessarily must be come before there is any use for words. The word God must have e meaning before the word I can have meaning. Math mathematics and its ability to predict is also another problem. If numbers are just defined by their use, how is it that they can go on to make predict predictions of future uses independently of any present use or imagined use? So what is the meaning of words? I submit that there are two types of meanings, existentialist and pragmatic meanings. Existentialist words are their own meaning plus the attribute of existence. The meaning of pragmatic words is not their use, but their usefulness. Hopefully I will get into more detail of these two concepts of meaning by splitting these two sets of meanings into two further podcasts.